Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Any question, though, knit original, alas, any elective surgery update? Yeah, I, I, I sent an email out to everyone yesterday, didn't I? I sent an email out to everyone saying, hey, we're open because we first we've had a clinic today. Kurum's been in clinic today and done uh, worked all day. And I'm in tomorrow. And um, pretty much most days now I'm in because um, we're fairly busy. But uh, I didn't make it clear that that is for the clinic. So the clinic and the, so are we allowed to operate? Yes, we are. And the clinic is open and we are operating at the clinic doing local anesthetic procedures. Now that doesn't help all the people who we have postponed their surgery since March, uh, the, the sort of um, bigger operations. And so those are not, we are not able to do those at the moment because I have to do those at the hospital. Now the hospital are operating, so operations are being done at the hospital, but uh, they are being used for the NHS between the hours of nine and five, Monday to Friday. And they're doing private work in the evenings and the weekends. And we haven't actually got any dates from the hospitals. We've submitted our cases, so they know how many cases we've got, but we haven't actually got any dates from uh, from them to allow us to do surgery there so i can't give you any dates for ga cases and for um local installation cases so uh sorry that that is the that is the update um on the surgery yes well that means you can hear me hi ruth um i mean we i don't know what to say which you know it's all um it's all difficult, isn't it? Because I know people are waiting for surgery and are keen to have surgery now, and we are keen to do the surgery now, and we will do it as soon as we have uh, got some um, uh, spaces in the hospital. Um, so, yeah, good question. Thanks, Olivia. Um, so, I've got a question here. If you don't mind, if I'm, if you don't mind, if I start with one of my own, um, how much should I take that? Please comment and share thing off. Because is is that is it? Is that quite annoying? Um, how much fat do you remove during a mummy makeover? So what is the question? Let's have a look. What is the maximum amount of fat you would remove during a mummy makeover abdominoplasty? And would this be more if no breast uplift is provided, please? I think the uh, that part of the question is because at the moment we're not allowed to do uh, tummy tuck with a breast lift. So we're having to split it because we need to limit the uh, length of surgery. But it would not affect how much fat is taken off during a tummy tuck. When you do a tummy tuck, whether or not you're going to do an, a, a breast lift at the same time, you will take off you know, as much fat as you need to take off. And uh, it's regardless of whether you're having an uplift at the same time or not. So to be honest with you, I'll be honest, I, I always am a bit worried when someone says, how much fat can you remove doing a tummy tuck or, or oh, how much fat can you take off by liposuction? Because um, it's not really a fat removal operation, to be, to be quite frank. Um, it's not a good way of removing fat. It's funny that, isn't it? Liposuction, not a good way of removing fat. What's this guy on about? Um, what I mean is, obviously, is it good? 
it is a good way of removing fat. But what I mean is, if you're better off losing weight, if you've got too much fat, you're better off losing weight. I had some people come a while ago now, husband and wife, and I don't know if they just won the lottery or what, but they're like, you know, how much, what can you do, doc? I want the works, you know, sort me out sort of thing. Um, and I'm like, what's the problem? What, what's, what are you worried about? Well, I want to get rid of this. I'm like, very vague, you know. I'm like, you know, you need to lose weight. Plastic surgery, body contouring is not for people who are overweight. It's not if you're overweight. To, it's not a weight loss procedure. Plastic surgery or surgery is a directed uh, operation at uh, dealing with an area. It just deals with one specific area. You don't globally contour the whole body. You know, if you're overweight, if you're fat, then you it won't make you less overweight. I mean, it will remove some fat, but it won't sort of globally remove make you less overweight. So I'm always worried if someone says, how much fat can you remove? It's like, well, how much fat is there, really? And really, particularly something like a tummy tuck. Tummy tuck is really the skin. I mean, obviously, there's fat with it. Um, and you do remove fat when you do a tummy tuck. But it's, you know, it's it's not really primarily for, for weight loss. It's primarily for the... The skin really and the fats that's underlying it to get your contour right but um i'm trying to think what so what was it what's the maximum that you would remove i mean i don't know um i'm trying to think i mean i've done big ones five kilos or something would be a big one um for me i'm sure people who do a lot of massive weight loss would be probably do more than that um possibly i don't know but really that's for someone who's lost a huge amount of weight um, she she lost a lot of weight and she was still relatively heavy, but she'd lost so much weight. Um, and so, yeah, so it's it's a question that always worries me a bit when someone says, how much can you move? How much liposuction can you do? How much? And you're like, well, what's the, show me the problem and I'll see if I can fix the problem. Never mind how much. So, you, you know, liposuction is good if you've got a bulge somewhere. You've got a resistant area that's resistant after weight loss. It's not instead of weight loss. You lose weight first. And then some people have resistant areas, whether it be on their hips, on their outer thighs, whatever, that um, just doesn't go, even though they've lost weight. And that is where liposuction comes in. It contours that resistant area of fat that hasn't gone. So it's not for overweight people. It's for people who have got a normal weight and are happy with their weight. If they're happy and stable with your weight, if you're not happy with your weight, don't have body contouring surgery, whether it be a tummy tuck or liposuction or whatever. Get your weight right first. And then people say, well, how do I do that? And I'm like, well, that's a world in itself, uh, how you get weight right first. I'm not an expert in that. I wish I, well, I don't wish I was. Well, I do. Well, you know, not like I wish I was because it's not really my field. Came out wrong. But anyway, I, I, I'm not an, I wish I knew the answer is what I'm saying. Um, I don't have the answer for weight loss. That is a whole new sort of, um area it's a whole new ball game so yeah wait right first then what areas need to be contoured and then contour those and see if they can be contoured don't start off by like oh how much can i have removed um start off with what's the area and can that be fixed masterpexy what is your technique to perform the uplift lollipop or anchor please um good question and some people will have a way of doing a mastopexy they will it will be a, some people will always use one type of scarring and some people will 
mix and match and sometimes use one and sometimes use the other. Uh, so it is one of those areas of plastic surgery where there's no right or wrong. You might see one surgeon who says, oh, I do a lollipop and they're brilliant and I'm fantastic and it gets great results. Another person who says, I use a T a T scar. Another person who says, I use a circumariola and it's so much less scarring, it's much better, better way to do it. And you're thinking, goodness me, they can't all be right. Um, and you know i did a paper many years ago on a massive breast reduction so this is breast reduction using the single scar the single vertical scar with the lollipop you know without the horizontal scar and what it and the answer is i use all of them i well i don't tend not to use a circumariola i tend not to do a lift just going around the nipple i don't think that gives a very good lift so i tend not to do that but i use both the uh, circumvertical or the lollipop lift which is just one scar going straight down and I also use the, oh good, we've got a question on Instagram, Instagram's in, and I use the anchor, um, the anchor scar. So I use both of them. And what it comes down to, and someone might say, well, actually, I want less scarring. I just want the lollipop, please. I don't want the anchor. Um, or I just want the circumariola. Everyone wants less scarring. Everyone wants less scarring. I want less scarring as well. Less scarring, less wounds, no T-junction, less healing problems. But the problem is less scarring, less skin that gets removed. So the more skin you have to remove, the more scarring. So a circumvertical is round and down, only removes skin in a side-to-side -side way. It doesn't remove skin in an up-down way. So it can get ridges and folds, which sometimes need to be revised later than making a horizontal scar anyway. Um, so I will tend to put that horizontal scar in most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, I'll put that horizontal scar in. And particularly if you can keep that horizontal scar short, it's actually not that much of a problem. People don't see it and it's and it's not that much of an issue. Uh, obviously, if the horizontal scar is very long and it's all coming to the side, and so if you can see it here, then it's a big deal. But if you're keeping it short, I think, um, you know, if you can keep that T, you know, that T short, that's probably where I am most of the time, um, give or take, you know, big reduction, big lift, I might make that T a bit longer, smaller lift, or particularly lift with implants, because the implant is taking up some of the slack skin, I might be going circumvertical, you know, lollipop lift. So I use a bit of both. Um, and they're all good. They're all good. Kim and family, regarding breast implants, what's better, under or over muscle? Is there a reason why surgeons prefer either way, please? So, yeah, I mean, that's another one that, that people get very confused about, the under or over muscle thing. Um, what was that question to? Um, Carla, you can send them up before or you can... Um, put it in here now Carla feel free to put it in the chat and I'll, I'll have a go at it um so Kim um what's better it's interesting so what's better under or over the muscle yeah um shall I get oh, it's a bit confusing now because I'll get this off we'll get it off how do I get that off it's okay I know what I'm doing so Kim be wary if someone tries to tell you one's better because they're both good for different reasons. If one was better, we'd always do it that way. It's a bit like when people say, what's the best implant? You know, what's best, circumvertical or, or anchor? What's best? If one thing was best, we'd always do it. You've got to ask yourself, why would anyone do it the other way? If it's better to put them on top of the muscle, why would anyone put it under the muscle? If it's better to put them under the muscle, why would anyone put it on top of the muscle? So it's different strokes for different folks and there's pros and cons. Broadly speaking, the muscle is your pec major muscle. It's your pec. You know, you see bodybuilders and stuff. I would demonstrate on myself, but, you know, don't want the internet to go wild. You know, the pec, that, that big muscle that comes down here. So when you put it under the muscle, basically, it gives an extra layer of cover to the implant in the upper part, in this part here. 
So the reason for putting it under the muscle is if you're very slim here, particularly if you can see your rib cages, if you're very slim, you can see your ribs and you haven't got much covering over your chest, you worry that you may be able to see the implant here. So the, the, you can lift up the muscle, the pet major muscle, put the implant there to cover it. Now it's never covered here. This is not covered by muscle. So you might still be able to feel the implant laterally uh, or down at the, at the bottom, um, but it does give it, you know, that's quite a cosmetically sensitive area here. You don't really want to be seeing rippling. You don't want to be seeing the edge of the implant. So that is the good thing about putting them under the muscle. It does cover the implant in, in this area here and gives it a better soft tissue cover. But there's a bad thing, because if there wasn't a bad thing, we do it to everyone, because no one wants to see the implant. No one wants to have rippling. No one wants to feel the edge, do they? No. So what's the bad thing? Well, the bad thing about putting it under the muscle, it does make it a little bit more uncomfortable. It does make the surgery a bit more uncomfortable, a little bit more likely to bleed so increased risk of hematoma and more likely for sometimes the muscle can hold the implant up high so that that doesn't look good if the implants stay high and sometimes the muscle can hold them wide so you get a very wide cleavage if you ever see a really wide cleavage that's probably implants under the muscle where they haven't released the muscle enough here just really make sure you release the muscle properly here when you're putting the implants in the problem is there's some very big blood vessels here coming through the muscle perforating blood vessels that come and supply the muscle here so sometimes you know, it's a bit of a worry. You get one of those big blood vessels, really hard to stop it bleeding. You think, crikey, right, I don't want to go near there again. So you don't release any more, put the implant in. And if you haven't released it properly, the muscle can push the implants wide and get that wide cleavage, which is unsightly. Um, and sometimes you can get animation deformities, which means if you go to the gym and you do a lot of um, exercise and all that, then you worry about get the, the, the breast moving when you're when you're at the gym. And uh, that's obviously not a good look if you get these animation deformities. So yeah, the implants can sit high, the implants can sit wide, and you can get animation deformities when they go under the muscle. So that's bad, but gives it better better cover here. So that's good. So it depends. So if you've got enough cover, basically, if you've got enough soft tissue cover, then you know you're probably better off putting it on top of the muscle. If you haven't got enough soft tissue cover then you're pretty better putting it underneath the muscle. It does depend a little bit on the type of implant. So saline implants, we don't really use in this country, but if you're having a saline implant, you pretty much always put it under the muscle. Similarly with a smooth implant, a little bit more likely to ripple. So you might be more likely to put it underneath the muscle compared to a textured silicone or a polyurethane implant, which might put you more towards the on top on top of the muscle thing, or what's called a subfascial plane. I tend to use a subfascial plane, um, which is on top of the muscle um but uh yeah pros and cons kim pros and cons no right answers um but it's up surgeon but that's a nice one I like that one uh what we got right we've got chat kicking off right holly i'll come to you in a, in a minute what's going on over here olivia i'm here can you hear me that's me is it best to send in questions carla you can ask them here i think you have Olivia, I can hear you, but missed the first part. So if you answer the surgery question, I missed you on the snack question too. Can I ask you a naughty question? Oh, my God, what's going on here? Flipping heck. I don't know what's going on on Facebook, guys. It's, it's, um, yeah, Olivia, I did answer the question and we don't know, but you can see it on the replay. We don't know. We haven't got any dates in, in GA theatres, unfortunately. It's just in the clinic. It's just the clinic. Thank you, um, Kim. So Carla says... I had a breast reduction surgery eight years ago, great result. Uh, since then, I've got majorly into fitness and have lost weight on the breasts. Skin now looks pinched around the nipple at the, at the skin bunches at, at the two when I lean over. Would this be sorted out with a breast implant? The skin now looks pinched around the nipple and the skin. 
since then I've got a majority and lost weight. So Carla, no, perhaps, well, okay. So Carla, what you're describing is you've had a breast reduction and you've lost weight. And so your skin, I'm not quite sure about the pinched thing, but um, I think basically what's happened is you've lost a bit of weight and maybe you've got a bit too much skin. Maybe there's a bit of extra skin. that's not really filling the, the, uh, the breast as it used to be when you had a heavier weight. So in these circumstances, you've got two options, Carla. You've got one option, which would be to put an implant in, which might sort of stretch the skin out and fill the skin envelope a bit better and sort that problem out. And the other option is to do a lift to tighten the skin. And where it comes down to, Carla, is what whether you're happy with the size. Because obviously you had a breast reduction, so you were, they were too big. Um, if you have implants, you're going to make them big again. Now, you might say, I've lost weight and I've lost size and I want to be bigger, you know, so that's fine. But um, you will make them bigger if you put implants in. So if you don't want to be bigger, if you're happy with the size and it's just the skin that you don't like, it might be that you just need a lift. You might need to have a little bit of tightening of the skin to make it lift to make the shape of it better. I normally say there's two things, there's shape and size. And if it's a shape issue, I'm not sure if it is a shape, but maybe it is a shape issue, then a lift is a really good thing for that. If there's a size issue, then implants are good for that to make it bigger. Assuming the size issue won't be bigger. If the size issue is that they're too big, then it's a reduction. But oh, hold on a minute, is that where I get the questions? I just, I've just seen a one there. I have got a question. Sorry, I didn't. Wow, I've got a question on Insta on that thing. Sorry, it's really small. Sorry, I didn't realize I should message on here. Also, I think I have breast implant illness. Do you believe this is a real thing? My surgeon told me it. Oh, the question stopped there. Anyway, Holly, thank you. I didn't realize you should message on here. Also, I think. Um, so, Holly, uh, right, God, I've got to. So, oh, cancel. Excellent. Thanks for asking the question, Ollie. Um, breast implant else, do I believe it's a real thing? I do believe that, yes, I do believe that people have breast implant illness. I do believe, I mean, this is a problem with it. Breast implant illness, for those of you who don't know, is, um, sorry, Carla, have I answered your question all right there? So I think maybe just a little lift to tighten the skin, unless you want to be bigger, in which case it's implants. So breast implant illness uh, is a situation where people who've got breast implants say that they feel unwell. They've uh, lethargy, um, skin rashes, headaches, hair loss, quite non-specific symptoms that they associate with their implants and they have their implants removed and they feel better. From a medical point of view, there's no um, evidence to say that silicone implants can make you feel ill in this way, but people do describe it. So we have to tell everyone about it now before we put the implants in that, you know, it's a thing because there's a lot of people out there who have described this problem. And um, so do I be do I believe it's a thing? I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've seen people. It's not as common as you might think, uh, but I have seen people. People have come to see me with these symptoms. They feel ill and they feel like their implants are making them feel unwell and they have the implants out and they feel great. Now, you could say, well, it might be psychological, it may be psychological element to it. Well, even if there's a psychological element to it, it's still a thing, isn't it? I mean, it's still making them feel better by removing the implant. So, you know, does it does it matter that that, that it's a, whether it's a psychological illness, you know, psychological aspect to it? Um, 
the fact of the matter is, if, if you're feeling ill and, and there's something you can do, sorry, Nico, I'm trying to wave back at you, but I'm not being able to. Um, so I, I do believe that it is a thing, and I do believe that people uh, feel unwell with it. Do I believe there's a medical cause for it? Do I believe that there's a, there's a um, you know, the silicone is causing something that's making you, I don't know. I mean, there's no evidence for it, but that doesn't mean that tomorrow they won't come up with evidence for it. But as we stand, there's no evidence for it. But, um, you know, I don't know whether it's, uh, whether, so there's no, there's no medical link, but there's definitely a, a thing that people say that they've had. Um, and I'm sorry if there was more to that question. I can't, I'm, I can't scroll down anymore. Uh, my surgeon told me it is all I've got. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to get more of that question, Holly. I've, I've not had a question like that on the uh, on Instagram before. This Q and A thing. What? Anyway, thank you for the asking it. And I'm sorry I can't see the rest of it. Maybe one day I'll be able to find the rest of it. What's that? Oh God! Don't even want to do that. Oh God! What have I done? Oh dear! <laughs> don't panic. Don't panic. I don't want that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Ooh, right. Okay. Cancel. Right. Uh, on the uh, Carla had breast reduction, but can I ask a naughty question? It's not that kind of naughty. Oh God, Olivia, you can ask anything you want. Uh, Carla, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Um, hope that was helpful. Uh, now there was a question here, wasn't there? I'd like my hair, Holly. Oh, Holly, you're the one who asked the question. Right, okay. I'd like my implants out and uplift. What's the downtime? Okay, so there's that's going in with the breast implant illness one. Um, so yes, thank you, Holly. Uh, downtime, so the, it's the lift thing that's gonna do it because the lift gives you the scarring. So as I say, the scar is round the nipple down and there may be one in the fold and you have to get that scarring to heal. So um, I would say, you. so you have these sort of tapes on when you have, well, different with different surgeons I put all these tapes on um, you're gonna um, you're gonna feel uh, tight it's gonna feel a bit strange with the lip the first week you're probably not gonna feel like doing much uh, after the first week again for me it might be different for different people take all the tapes off hopefully the wounds healed after one week but sometimes it can take longer particularly if there is a t-junction down at that t-junction can take a bit longer for that to heal uh, but maybe healed in say one to two weeks um after two weeks you'll be feeling better you'll be able to get back into stuff you'll be able to do you know if you want to do the gym gentle lower body stuff uh, but nothing too heavy for four to six weeks with your arms you don't want to be putting tension on it so four to six weeks before you do anything too heavy with your arms uh, and if your work involves heavy lifting and things four to, four, four to six weeks should be starting you know four weeks should be starting and then if it hurts slowing down so six weeks before you'll be able to really get into it um, but you'll be able to do office space work after a couple of weeks. So um, my surgeon told me it was all in my head. That was the rest. Okay. Uh, no, well, breast implant yards. You know what, Holly? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, and as a surgeon, as a sort of medical or scientific person, you could say to someone, always oh, all in your head because there's no evidence for it. But as a human being, you know, if it is all in your head and it's made better by removing the implants, is it, you know, is it still okay? To, it's still okay to remove the implants because the worry that we've got as surgeons with breast implant illness and the worry that I have is that because there's no medical link that says this is causing it, because we can't say to you, yes, these vague symptoms, because they're often quite vague, these symptoms, these vague symptoms are definitely caused by your implants. 
we can't say to you, you'll definitely feel better when the implants are removed. That's the problem. And I've certainly had people who have had symptoms like maybe kidney problems and deranged blood tests, and they've convinced it's their implants, and they take the implants out, they feel so much better, they feel great. And then later on, something happens, and they realize that it was actually some food they were taking that was causing their kidney function to be deranged, and they stopped taking some food, which was, you know, some of the reason for it, and it was never the implants in the first place, and then they want the implants back again. So I had a couple of situations like that. And the problem is, we can't guarantee it is due to that. So having said that, I have seen people who have felt a lot better when the implants have been removed. And so if you feel better, then you've cured that person, whether or not there's a scientific link for the, for the reason. The worry is that you have your implants removed and you don't feel better. That's the worry. And that's what I would be consenting people. I'd be saying, look, you know, there's no evidence for this and it might not be the implants. You might be feeling ill, you might be feeling lethargic. You might be having these rashes or whatever the symptoms are for some other reason that we don't know what it is and removing your implants might do nothing so i think it's a bit harsh to say it's all in your head but um because it's definitely a lot of people out there who, who describe it now what's going on um my surgeon said, do you advise wearing a binder after tummy tuck surgery so nico bobs yes i do again this is me well not again but this is me um this is my view and you should talk to your surgeon but i wear it or i get i ask people to wear it for uh, a month day and night it helps with the swelling it gives a bit of extra support but you've got to be, be careful if it digs in or causes symptoms you don't have to wear it and you can wear a different sort of you know those big pants you can wear you know those big figure hugging pants instead if you want to wear those but um i i do think a binder is a good thing or some kind of support is a good thing after a tummy tuck for a month or so sometimes longer people might want it for longer uh, yes, thanks a lot. Uh, I sprained my ligament in my thumb a week ago. They gave me a splint. I wear it most of the time, but it seems less sore when it's not on. When will it stop hurting? I know not plastic surgery. Okay. I sprained my ligament in my thumb a week ago. Gave me a splint. I wear it most of the time. Well, you know what? Interestingly, Olivia, plastic surgeons do do hand surgery. And hand surgery is quite a large part of plastic surgery. And it is quite a large area of, uh, of plastic surgery. And if you have uh, sprained the ligament in your thumb, it can take a long, long time to get better. And uh, interestingly, um, particularly in the thumb, there's a couple of ligaments in the thumb. There's one on the inside and one on the outside. And the worst is when this one goes, when you catch something and that goes and you can actually rupture the ligament. Um, but actually, if you sprain a ligament, it's the same with the ankle. If you sprain a ligament, it can actually take longer to get better than actually if you break the bone. Crazy, I know. Uh, but ligaments take ages, so a week ago is nothing. Uh, but it is often good to rest it, so that's what the splint is doing. Um, but you're saying it's less sore when it's not on. I would get them to look at the splint to see if the splint's uh, digging in or causing a problem, because it should be less sore when the splint is on. Um, and you do need to rest it to start with, but you also need to start it moving because you don't want it getting stiff. The joint will get stiff quite quickly. So you need to get, uh, you know, take advice from your, from your surgeon or from the OT or whoever's looking after you in terms of your rehab, you know, physio or hand therapist, because you need to balance the splint wearing to relieve the pain and the swelling and the inflammation with the um, downside of getting the joint stiff. But um, yeah, that's sorry to hear that, Olivia, but it can take a while for, um, a while for things to get better now jackie you sent me a request to be live now did you mean to do that i mean that's a bit extreme there jackie 
being live. I mean, I, can, I, I guess I can do that. Have you got a question you want to ask me live? I mean, you know, we're taking it to another level there. I'm happy to do it if you want, if you want to give it a go. Um, did you mean that, Jackie? Should I say yes? Um, meanwhile, what's this? There's a question here. Um, is there anything a patient can do to prepare for surgery? Yes, I think you've got a positive mental attitude, good diet, stop smoking, get your weight right. Yeah, that's about, yeah, that's all I go. Jackie, do you want to be in my video? I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to ignore that request or to, to say yes. I'm, uh, oh, sorry, no. Oh, she doesn't, okay. I was getting a bit, I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen here? Right, okay. I mean, it is it is a thing you can do. I've seen it done. What's that one, one? I've seen it done. You can, you're lucky I didn't press the button, Jackie, because I've been in your house. Um, so uh, I'm elevating it, went to A&E. They didn't mention physio. Okay, well, I guess just start using it once the splint comes off. Thanks, you're welcome. Um, so, uh, oh, pause due to poor connection. Sorry about that. Mastopexy, thigh lift. Here we go. Thigh lift, liposuction question mark. Liposuction is usually part of this procedure we spoke about. Sorry, it's gone off. I'll wrap it up text. Uh, groin to knee left, scar thigh lift. Okay, so I think basically what this is uh, talking about is a thigh lift, and the sort of thigh lift that I do is um, I do a big scar down the medial aspect of the thigh. There is a thigh lift where you can um, hide the scar up in the groin, which is a much smaller scar, much better hidden, and you might think uh, um, favorable, but I don't do it because it doesn't give much of a thigh lift. So I think you're going to get a much better thigh lift by, by taking the skin from a side-to-side -side direction on the thigh rather than up-down direction on the thigh, but it does give a big scar. The question is, is liposuction usually part of the procedure? Now that can vary. Some people routinely use it as part of the procedure and what they will do, they will liposuction quite heavily before removing the skin. Um, I don't tend to. I mean, I might do if there is some areas that need liposuction, but I tend to just excise that. And it's usually because people have had uh, um, massive weight loss and their thighs are deflated. Going back to what we were saying earlier, it's not really a fat loss procedure. They've literally lost their fat and it's just a, a skin procedure. Now, obviously, you take out fat with the skin, but um, I don't normally do liposuction um, just purely if I'm doing a, a medial thigh lift where I'm taking out that big longitudinal scar. Um, but as I say, you can do it to other areas, but I don't do it part, as part of, that, part of that surgery. And on the Skylift, Skylift, Thylift theme, Thylift theme, um, does this address some of the skin at the sides or back by pulling it in? A little at the sides or back, yeah, a little bit, but not much. Um, what will happen is if you pull your skin really tight, what is that thing there? If you pull your skin really, I see, go live with. Um, if you pull your skin really tight, you might think, oh, that's made my lateral thigh tighter or that's made my buttock tighter. But what happens when you do the surgery, whilst the skin is really tight, when you first do it, it's really tight. It isn't really tight three months later. It gives. Now, I'm not saying it's not better, but it gives. And one of the problems is people who need a thigh lift have usually had a lot of weight, well, usually some massive weight loss is the usual cause for it. 
And weight, what has happened is when you put on weight, you stretch the skin. And if you stretch the skin, and this person has also sent me a photo, uh, not a photo, a video, actually, a video. Um, and what happens is, and something I noticed from the video is he's quite well tanned. And sun tanning damages the skin. So the fact that you've had a lot of weight, you've been you've you've been put on a lot of weight and lost the weight. Well done, fantastic that you've lost the weight, but that skin has been stretched and that skin has been damaged. So there are things that damage the skin. Stretching the skin damages. That's what stretch marks are. Smoking damages the skin, loses its elasticity. Sun damage, uh, sun exposure, sun tanning damages the skin. Um, loses its skin as elasticity and when the skin has lost its skin its elasticity we can't give it back we can't get make the skin more elastic so what will happen is this you'll tighten it as much as you can but it hasn't got elasticity and you'll still be left with it won't be great the amount of result you'll get to your buttocks and your lateral thigh with a with a medial thigh lift the inner thigh will be tighter but it doesn't translate significantly laterally. You've got a bit of cobblestone appearance to your lateral thigh. It's not really going to significantly improve that. Maybe early on it will, but things will be swollen and things will be very tight. And you think, woohoo, but it will give. So you need to be aware of that before surgery so you can make a decision whether you want to go for surgery or not. Things will give. Yes, I'm not saying it won't make a difference. It will make a significant difference, particularly to your medial thigh. But the translational effects to other parts of your body in terms of your outer thigh and your buttocks, it's going to be very limited, unfortunately. So you have to be prepared. I'm sorry to, to, to be a to be a you know to be a party pooper, but I've got to be realistic. And realistically, it is limited what it does to your lateral uh, thigh and to your buttocks. So I am so about that. Hello, Vilma. I'm elevating it. Went to you know, we've done that. Thanks, JJ. Welcome. Can I wait for my thigh lift? Good, Olivia. Well, me neither, but I'm hoping it will be not too long, uh, Olivia. Um, Nico Bobs, I'm coming to see you at the end of the at the end of the month. Can't wait. Can't wait, Nico. Looking forward to seeing you then. Um, so yeah, be good to be good to see you in person. Um, right. <laughs> Right, what do you got now? Full disclosure, guys. What time is it? 19.40. Full disclosure. I think we've got time on the on the Instagram, so we've only got an hour on there. Uh, we've done the thing at the sky. This is a similar question. This is the last question, so I'm going to drag it out. Um, if you've got any questions, then please um, uh, chip in. I have quite a big stomach and want a smaller waist and wider hips. What surgery would help? Um, it's a tricky one. I don't know. I don't think I know this patient, um, so I don't know the, the, the exact shape, but this comes back to a bit like what I was saying about the thigh lift, and you've got to be uh, aware of the uh, limitations of surgery, and you've got to have realistic expectations from the surgery. And the problem is this surgery, all this sort of stuff we're talking about is really expensive. And I can totally understand why people want it, you know, want to get the body they've always desired. Um, but for the flip side of that, think of it from our point of view, us poor surgeons, what can we do? So, you know, if you're doing a um, tummy tuck, 
tummy tuck will help to you know i've got a large stomach that worries me you know i'm thinking are you overweight because again if you're overweight despite what you might read in the papers plastic surgery is not good don't have it now get your weight right but let's just say you've got a lot of extra skin on your stomach no question about it tummy tuck would get rid of that skin would tighten the stomach and give you a much better contour in your stomach but that's pretty much the only area it's going to fix it's going to affect now uh smaller weight uh want a smaller waist and wider hips oh man um can surgery help you know you're getting into difficult realms of surgery there smaller waist i mean then you're going to look at sort of maybe a fleur de lis tummy tuck where you take it in the sides but that's a big scar up down the middle and is it worth a big scar in the middle to get your waist in and more you know maybe a standard tummy tuck will be all right getting it up and down it's a balance of the scarring versus the scarring and the complications versus the amount of skin that we take out wider hips that's I'm, I'm going to be out on the wild, wider wider hips because that's probably something like um, fat grafting over to your hips and your buttocks. And there's two reasons I'm out on that. Number one reason I'm out on it is because we're not really encouraged to do wide, uh, fat grafting to that area, particularly to the buttocks, because there's been a lot of complications with it. So in the UK, we're, we're, we're um, discouraged from doing it. The other reason for it, and this is the Brazilian butt lift type thing and these sort of very wide hips, I find it hard to, um, uh, um, what's the word, to uh, align myself with these, with the aesthetic. I find it hard to, um, to to know when it looks good, the, the wider hip thing. I see a lot of cases and I think, my Lord alive, um, but obviously the patient's happy. So I'm like, oh. You know, I would find it hard to get a happy patient because if I don't see what the good result is, if I don't finish the op and think that's a great result, if I'm thinking, oh, crikey, not sure about that, how am I going to know if you're going to be happy? I think we have to be aligned with what we're trying to do. I have to be trying to get the same, that's, you know, I have to get the same result you want to get. That's why I show before and after photos and say, these are before and after photos. If you think they're all right, then these are some of my cases. If you think they're terrible, then don't have surgery at least not with me you know go with someone else or don't have surgery or whatever because these are sort of average results that you can expect you've got to be realistic as to what you can expect so that's why making hips wider is not really something that i do um and smaller waist we're not going to be able to affect the skeleton we don't really do things to the skeleton so you know if you've got wide hips or you want wide hips you know your, your waist the way to make your waist narrow would be to take the skin in with a fleur de lis but if you've got a big stomach, you can, might find that taking it in an up-down direction without the fleur de lis might be enough. It's always a compromise, and it's about realizing what can be done with what we, you know, what we have. And uh, you know, you have to balance the full tummy tuck with a with a fleur de lis. Is the extra scarring worth it for narrowing the, the abdomen? Who knows? I don't know. So I'm out. I'm going to declare myself out. I am. Uh, I've done all my questions. I've had some good ones. We had an almost. We had a live interaction live on Instagram. We had a question. I'm guessing that's what happens when you fill in that box on Instagram. So thank you for showing me that. Who was that? Holly was it? Thank you for showing me that. And I am going to go and head for the hills. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over 
to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.